So as you've noticed, we've been dealing with the Trinity-tied uh, emphasis on the seven deadly sins going into three cycles, purgation, illumination, and union with Christ. The sin of the seven deadly that is appointed, if you will, for today um, is wrath. Yes, a deadly sin indeed, as the person who wields it destroys everyone around them, causing damage here and there, even haphazardly. I'm afraid we don't often think very much about how our wrath damages. It damages our marriages. It damages our children. It damages the relationships we have with our co-workers, with our friends. It damages uh, relationships pretty much everywhere. We don't, I'm afraid, think very much about that damage because when we are exercising the sin of wrath, we are mostly thinking about ourselves. Yes, there is such a thing as righteous anger, and righteous anger is usually not quite so self-centered. It's generally centered on the law of God. It's centered on holiness. But I think that we rarely manage, percentage-wise, righteous anger, at least in my own experience. Most of my anger is not righteous. So for now, let's just stick with the sin of wrath for our contemplation today. The extreme selfishness of anger is truly hard to get around. It's just so very obvious if you set back and look at other people's behavior, or better yet, at your own behavior, objectively. You know, back up, go up 10,000 feet and have an objective look at your behavior. So it's very obvious that wrath is self-centered and damaging, but yet we get so very good at justifying our anger. Let's be honest, it's not hard to find justification. Someone else is often doing something stupid or rude or selfish themselves. So the justification for our anger is all around us pretty often. Our choosing of anger, however, is just that. It is a choice. You actually, did you know, you actually cannot be forced to be angry. You have to will it. Wrath is a sin of the will. That place from, act, that place from which we actually speak and act. From our will comes everything. So no matter what is happening around you, things you cannot control... You can control your heart response. You, you can choose not to be angry. Please do not understand me to be saying it's easy. Self-control is often not easy. It's a virtue. It's one we have to practice. But instead of a heart response of anger, you could choose to have charity. 
that old English word which translates the Greek word agape, for love. And that's the kind of love that Christ has for us. And it is developed very fully by St. Paul, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in St. John's writings, essentially we understand charity, charity to be the kind of love that puts others first and us last. This is not easy. This kind of love, however, is the main theological virtue that we need to inculcate to fight against wrath or anger. So theological virtues are the ones out of Scripture, faith, hope, and love, and then there's four cardinal virtues. We talked a little bit about that last week. And um, the ancient Greeks developed this. Plato talks about it. Aristotle is very specific in the cardinal virtues. Remember, cardinal comes from a, 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 a Latin word that means hinge, that your, that your life will hinge upon inculcating and developing these virtues in your life. What they didn't quite get, though, as I mentioned last week, is that love is the virtue that wraps them all together and exalts them and lifts them up. So we have to start with love, self sacrifice. And that theological virtue is the main one listed for sins of the will in the ancient church. The fathers just always talked about love is the the virtue we need. We need to choose, right, the will to love others. God loved us so much He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God willed that love. Christ willed that love. The Spirit wields that love. Christ's incarnation, ministry, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension is the model for the love that we must exercise in our life. This is the model for the virtue that will fight and kill the wrath of our heart. Just to choose love. We'll fight that wrath so effectively. Didn't say it was easy, but that's the way. In Dostoevsky's novel, The Brothers Karamazov, the elder Zosima, a monk, tells the story of his brother who is dying when Zosima was a little child. So he remembers his older brother as he's maybe a five, six, seven-year-old And his older brother's probably, I I think he's middle school age or maybe young high school, maybe maybe 16 even. And Zosima reflects upon his memories of his brother being sick and dying. At one point, the brother sums up what life should be like. One day is enough for a man to know all happiness, says the brother. My dear ones, why do we quarrel? Why do we try to outshine each other and keep grudges against each other? Let's go straight into the garden, walk and play there, love, appreciate, and kiss each other, and glorify life. At the end of his young life, this young man figured it out. Forgiving and loving those around us is the heart of life. Forgiving and loving those around us is the way to live a happy life, a contented and peaceful life. 
This is the act of love that we are to participate in on a daily basis. This is what we need to know and to live today, now, not just at the end of our lives. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If we are to follow Christ, we must imitate Christ. Denying oneself is not an easy task, and that's just the beginning. Taking up your cross is even harder. Allow me to paraphrase for application. Whoever desires to save his money, his fame, his reputation, his toys, his pride, fill in the blank, will lose it. But whoever loses all of this for my sake will find it. It probably won't look like what we thought it should look like, but God promises us life and joy and peace. Because God is good, we can trust that he has our best interest at heart. I have this conversation all the time, and very often people are surprised when I say, so you don't really trust God, do you? No, I trust God. What are you talking about? Of course I trust God. But it's that one thing that you don't want to trust him with, that you could give up and trust his best interests for you. He actually knows what will be best for you more than you do. God has our best interests at heart. Give up the selfishness. Give up the wrath. Give up yourselves and let God continue to transform you through love. Choose to love. Choose to be selfish. Choose to put yourself last. Each and every day. And each and every day, we'll have many opportunities to do just that. My friends, this is the only way to happiness, to peace, to joy. Let's go straight into the garden. Let's walk and play there. Let's love, appreciate, and kiss each other and glorify life and the giver of that life.